Hi there, before we start, if you're new to our show, thank you so much for tuning into our program and we hope you'll stay with us for a very long time. And if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. We're really grateful for all your kind words and encouragement. You really help this podcast to gain a great exposure as our mission is to center the perspective of the people who look like us and as women and people who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation. So if you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Omni, Apple and Google or Spotify to leave us a rating and a review. And if you'd like to support us, please head to Buy Me Coffee page to make a donation, which will help us to continue the intersectionality of the podcast industry. Hello everyone, this is Helen and you're listening to Asian Bitches Down Under. It is my pleasure today to introduce um, Dr. Daniel Peng. Is that, uh, am I pronouncing it correctly? Yeah, that's perfect. Daniel Peng. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so you'll be, he's here to uh, speak about his journey traveling to Taiwan and his creation of Real Mandarin in Taiwan, a book about contemporary Taiwanese Mandarin phrases. Um, so as a Taiwanese diaspora myself, I often find it interesting to hear stories of people who travel to Taiwan and also share their experiences about living in Taiwan and what they think of Taiwan. So welcome to our show, Dan, and thank you for being here with me on the Zoom meeting. Um, let's start with a bit of the introduction of yourself. Can you tell us about your background, your family, um, maybe what you studied? Sure, yeah, thanks. Uh, first of all, yeah, thanks, Helen, for having me on. I'm uh, very, very excited. Uh, it's a pleasure. Um, so, so my name is Daniel. I am from Toronto, Canada. That's where I was born. And uh, my parents are immigrants, refugees. So it's actually an interesting story. My, my mom is a refugee from Vietnam, and she was one of the, the Vietnamese boat, boat people. But her, her heritage is Chinese. So uh, she actually doesn't speak much Vietnamese, so she speaks mostly... Cantonese. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, a little bit of Mandarin, uh, although she never spoke to me in Mandarin. She spoke to us in Cantonese, and then uh, her mother tongue is actually Chao uh, Chao mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like Chao Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then my my dad is uh, uh, kind of a refugee from mainland China, so he fled to Hong Kong, and then and they were kind of they had an arranged marriage, and then they they settled down in Toronto and that's when they had me so they spoke to us in Cantonese and uh, uh, grew up uh, pretty like in a pretty like prototypical you know immigrant family um, tiger mom you know <laughs> so they so really focused on you know doing well in school so so all, all three I have two younger siblings a brother and a sister and so all of us uh, went to university lucky for me I, I got into medical school and then I completed my training in uh in family medicine uh mm-hmm. for my residency mm-hmm. and then uh i finished that worked off worked a bit paid off my my student loans which was a lot of that time and then and then i quit my job and i came to taiwan to to learn mandarin so that's kind of like the short version oh my goodness that's not every day that you see a doctor that just completed their studies and then did you actually went on um, to pursue the work in the family doctor or did you just finish the studies and then decided to move to Taiwan? Yeah, I, I did uh, complete my 
so I completed my medical school, I completed my residency, and then I, I worked a bit just to pay off my, my loans, and, uh, and I, I quit my sort of full-time job at that time, working in a clinic and doing house calls. And uh, right now I still do uh, some telemedicine, so mm-hmm. it's just uh, part-time work. Um, uh, but most of the time I'm, I'm uh, sort of just learning Mandarin here and there. And mm-hmm. when, I, when I first came, I was much more serious. I was like going to classes and now I'm mostly just talking to people and learning Mandarin. Oh, I see. I have so much questions about your decision of moving to Taiwan. I mean, what actually led you to move to Taiwan? I mean, why Taiwan? Have you um, considered other places to study Mandarin? Because um, I guess first place, you know, the majority of people think about learning Mandarin, they will consider China. But why Taiwan? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I mean, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put that much thought into it. Not as much mm-hmm. as I probably should have. Uh, there were there were a couple main reasons that that pushed me down this path so one was actually i wasn't even planning on studying mandarin i, I wanted to really learn cantonese because that was my mother tongue but it was mm. really poor and i and i didn't i didn't speak it very well so I, my first goal was i wanted to learn cantonese but and and prior to you know i had planned my my you know quitting my job and and uh i had planned going to hong kong but and, uh, prior to that time i'd like been studying in canada you know by myself stuff self-studying like looking at online videos and, mm-hmm. and even having like an online teacher learning cantonese the whole time and uh but then at that time there was the the hong kong protests so it was mm-hmm. a little turbulent it was a little a little mess messy like kind of mm, <laughs> not yeah, that safe to go there at that chaotic. time yeah. yeah chaotic yeah yeah so so that's when i was like oh maybe i can put that off temporarily and go somewhere else because i still wanted to travel i still wanted to you know take a break from medicine and mm-hmm. so i was like you know why, why don't i want to try to learn mandarin that might help my cantonese uh and i was planning to only stay you know move move to a place and, and learn there for maybe for like a couple months three months mm-hmm. um and so it was between yeah like you said taiwan and, and china but I'd, I'd already been back to guangzhou which is where my dad's family is from and i travel around um china uh to various places with my friend previously so i'd never been to taiwan and i'd always he- heard good things about it so i really wanted to explore you know i'd also really like traveling and so i was just like yeah why not like it was sort of a spur of the moment i, w- I didn't really think too much of it but <laughs> it was sort of like yeah why not why not taiwan i've never been there i heard good things about it i heard the food is great the weather is good so <laughs> why, why not try it out I see. Um, what did your parents think about you moving to Taiwan? So how long have you been in Taiwan now? Um, I've been here for two, probably two and a half, almost three years now. Wow. Yeah, almost three years, yeah. And, and my parents, I mean, they, they've seen me travel a lot before in the past, but never, they didn't, I mean, I, even mm-hmm. I didn't know it was going to be this long. So uh, they thought it was just going to be another trip. Like, I'll just go for a little bit and come back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but over the time, you know, as you know, as I've been staying here longer and talking to them, my mom is, you know, she's like a typical Asian parent. She's always like <laughs> yes. asking me, like, "Oh, why don't you come back and Aww. you know work as a doctor and like you know uh-huh. you, you spend all this time in school studying and like now you're not working." <laughs> yeah, so I, I get those comments a lot. But uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes you gotta. You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. 
So it sounds like you're enjoying Taiwan very much because staying in the place for over, you say, over two years, and initially it was just something that you thought was going to be like a short trip. So what made you decide to stay in Taiwan? Are you planning to stay there for a longer period for now? Yeah, that's a good question. So, like I said, initially it was planning only three to six months, and then,、mm-hmm. and then、uh, a couple things happened that made me want to to stay longer.、Um, one was just realizing, you know, how it was just a lot more <laughs> amazing than I than I thought it was going to be.、Mm-hmm. Really, like. Broke a lot of my expectations and preconceived、wow. notions, and、uh, just meeting the people here. A lot of the relationships I'd built,、uh, the friends I'd made,、uh, was much, much more than I thought. And then,、uh, and then, a little bit later, I met my girlfriend here,、mm-hmm. and、um, and then also、uh, the other big thing that happened was COVID. So because of COVID,、um, uh, I wasn't, I didn't want to travel too much, and also because. Taiwan had、uh, handled the situation so well,、mm-hmm, and is still、yeah. handling it so well、mm-hmm. uh, compared to a lot of un- other countries. So a, a large chunk of that time, I didn't want to, you know, travel around and also go back to Canada at that time when when it was still quite uh, uh, COVID. The situation there was still pretty pretty bad or not handled pretty well, and so so it was pretty easy. It was a pretty easy choice to stay in Taiwan, and so、um, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much those reasons I built some some roots here and、uh, met my girlfriend yeah, in COVID. Ah, sounds really nice. I mean, you, when you have a partner in a place, I think you feel like you'll be in there, like a home for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's kind of like a second home. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So、um, I want to talk about as an Asian grew up in the West. How do you feel about now currently living in an Asian country、um, like Taiwan? Is there any pros and cons? Do you have a preconceived idea before you move to Taiwan?、Uh, move to Taiwan? How, like, how would other people perceive you, and what are your feelings about it? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I'd love to、uh, have a discussion about this too. I'm curious about. I don't know if you've have you lived in Taiwan or、um, were you born there? I I was born in Taiwan, and up until ten, I lived in Taiwan. But where's my sister, Jessie? She's very different. She only lived here for the first first four years, so we have very different perceptions about Taiwan. Because at least I had a couple years of、um, primary school in Taiwan, whereas she had not. So、oh. I think she might be feel she her feeling will be a little bit similar to you because when she travels to Taiwan, she feel a bit al- like she feels like alienated because、right. even though that she, her face is Asian, but her Chinese is not like she's she's not fluent. And I speak fluent、uh, Mandarin, so she feel like it's very different to her. She doesn't she doesn't feel really feel fit in. Right, right, right. Yeah. So there's a really mixed feeling for her. But I don't know about you. How do you feel? Yeah, it's 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 really odd. It's like I, I definitely I wouldn't say I I feel Taiwanese. I I don't feel like I I entirely fit in with the the culture. There's there's a lot of things that、um, like even with. Going out with friends and and hearing them talk, there's a lot of things that I I miss,、uh, even with the language itself. Like I'm still trying to learn a lot,、mm-hmm. and、uh, culturally, there's a lot of differences. Obviously, with me growing、uh, growing up、uh, in the West, like just a simple example, like in Taiwan, like most of the people here are pretty superstitious,、um, mm-hmm. and in in the West,、um, I don't know, maybe I, I would say there's still superstitious people in the West, but maybe.、Um, 
in a different way and so uh yeah so there's a lot of uh interesting interesting like stories and and moments here where i was like wow okay interesting you believe that and uh and it's it's always a an interesting learning experience but uh there's there's differences in that like culturally um language obviously and then um but the 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 other interesting thing is um like in terms of fitting in is like although i don't feel like like i don't feel culturally like fitting in uh, like my my uh appearance is very asian so i mean mm-hmm. in in a way they without saying anything they a lot of people assume i'm taiwanese um, oh, okay. before before i speak and so sometimes mm-hmm. it it affects like the way i i learn mandarin as well um just because they may not treat me as a typical foreigner at least right away like mm-hmm. before i before i open my mouth like for mm-hmm. example there was one one experience that just comes to mind like do like sometimes like I'll go to parks and just walk around and especially early on when I came here and I didn't know anyone I would just walk around and I remember there was this one experience where sometimes when you're at a park uh, there'll be people that uh, try to talk to you or like um, like they're trying to uh, I don't know introduce you to their religion or I think this particular person was Buddhist and he was trying to like you know uh, just introduce me to Buddhism and he had like pamphlets and stuff okay and he, was talking, he was talking to me for like literally I think like 15 to 20 minutes oh, and the whole time he was talking to me and I was just nodding my head because mm-hmm. I wanted to like listen and, and, and yeah. understand what he was trying to say but uh, I didn't say anything and this whole time he was he, he assumed that he you understood yeah. yeah yeah I think he assumed that that I, that I understood everything and mm-hmm. so um, I don't know if he would have done that if I was like if I was white or if I looked white or uh, didn't have an Asian face and so it's interesting things like that what about um, going to classes? Um, are your classmates, um, what sort of demographics makes up your the classes that you go for the Mandarin? Are there a lot of, um, I, I, I presume that there's a lot of Asians now, like um, from what I observe online, like see um, Facebook groups, it feels like a lot of Asians, especially say like Taiwanese who grew up um, overseas had returned not so much returned I wouldn't use the word return but traveled to Taiwan during the period of COVID um, because of what you said like um, the handling in Taiwan has been a, a lot more better than other countries and a lot of them has just settled there and learned Mandarin um, what do you see of the demographic demographics um, makeup of your classmates do you encounter other asians or are they mostly white uh, yeah that's a good question I'm, uh, I'm probably not the best person to ask because i only took classes for like two months oh, okay. <laughs> and then after that i've mostly been just learning from the streets like talking to locals and uh-huh. um, just making friends with like local taiwanese people but when i first came here a lot of the people were my classmates yeah they were white um americans canadians but all over the world uh, I've heard from other friends that are also learning Chinese that when um, they've taken also university classes and they tell me that a lot of their students are also um, uh, Korean and Japanese students. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes a large part. Um, so a lot of yeah, a lot of Asian countries as well. And uh, in terms of Taiwanese people like moving back, like Taiwanese American people are 
uh, other diaspora like moving back to Taiwan. I've also noticed that too. There, there have been some. Um, yeah, in terms of how much Chinese they speak, I'm not sure to be honest. I, don't, I haven't met that many, but I've heard. I definitely heard uh, a lot of them have have moved back because of uh, the COVID handling situation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Um, I think the way that you, because I actually listened to some you recorded a uh, unique podcast yourself, didn't you, with a friend and. The work that you've done with um, the booklet of Real Mandarin in Taiwan, which we'll be going into a little bit later, I just thought it's really amazing that with such a short time of learning the language, how do you um, overcome the fear of learning another language? Do you think that immersion really helped you a lot? Um, and do you think um, learning another language as an adult um, is a, a particular system for yourself? Are you very disciplined or do you feel like you have a, a natural talent of picking up another language oh that's a great question so many <laughs> yeah, so many good questions uh i think for me i don't i don't know if i would say i, I have a natural talent but uh, uh one thing that i do notice compared to other learners as i've as i've learned mandarin here in taiwan is that i do have a i would say a good ear for sounds like for mm -hmm. example even when i listen to music or uh, I find it easier to sort of I don't know find the pitch or the tone or I don't even know the exact words but I can like sing along and, mm -hmm. and match it fairly closely so I don't know if that helps with Mandarin like with the with the tones just because it's such it's such a tonal language mm -hmm. um, so yeah in terms of like immersion I, I would say personally I think it may, it may depend on the person but for me I'm a little bit of a lazy and not the most disciplined person so i feel like immersion helps me because it it forces me to be motivated because i'm living in a, a country where i have to you know use the language daily and i have to interact with people and also it's it's fun it's so much more fun when i like when i'm learning something and i get to practice and use it right away and so for me that's where immersion really helps me it's uh, if i was like when i was studying in canada um uh, just by myself it, it's, it's just completely different I, I couldn't couldn't find that motivation uh, you know, you're not really engaging and, and applying what you're learning and so it's a lot harder so that's where immersion moving to a country helps me um, sorry I forgot the other question that you asked um, I think I was going back to asking you that um, do you ever had any fears of learning another language as an adult because um, I mean, as an immigrant myself, I had a struggle of learning English. Um, even when I was 10, it was such a big barrier for me. And especially you've been thrown into like a white majority <laughs> suburb. Um, yeah. As an adult, um, did you have any um, struggles of learning Mandarin in Taiwan? Or maybe yeah, so, Canada? so many. Uh, yeah, I, can, I feel like we can probably talk a lot about this. I, I feel like... They're so, yeah. There's just, I just feel like there's a there's a lot of uh, definitely a fear of uh, not not looking weird or not sounding weird. Um, I think I, I think it's parallels a lot of you know learning learning any any skill or being a beginner in any skill. Uh, but I think maybe languages is particularly uh, evident. Maybe because you have to really like you actually have to 
put yourself out there and speak and uh, every day and uh, especially like if like even just going to to buy groceries or buying like going to buy food like you know reading a menu like asking you know telling them what you want like if, if you can't speak like it's kind of it's kind of hard to to communicate and even like eat eat food <laughs> like to do the daily things that you need to do and so um it's definitely it's definitely challenging at first but i think um i think one thing that makes taiwan so uh, so great is that the people like i mentioned before are so they're so welcoming uh, especially to foreigners uh they're very welcoming to foreigners they're very curious and uh and so it, just, it makes it really easy to uh, to talk to the locals like when i first came here i met a couple of local friends that that really became uh, some of my close friends and we used to talk a lot and and they they helped me feel like you know i actually made some friends here and uh, had some really great relationships and they also helped me with my chinese a lot at mm -hmm. that point because you know i really didn't know anyone and so um uh, yeah and it, it was just i met them basically from go going to the traditional market or going to one of them one of them was a uh, was like this young guy who was selling uh like fruits at a, at a traditional market at this like a small stand and he just asked me i asked him like you know what are these called like what are these fruits called like how do you say this in chinese and, and we started talking and then and he asked me if i play basketball and then later we just started going to dinner and lunch <laughs> so and then there's like yeah there's a lot of local friends that i just met just talking to them from from buying food from them and so um i that think brilliant yeah i think uh the biggest asset that taiwan has is their people i always feel yeah. like whenever i travel to taiwan it's the, the um my sister will always say like taiwanese are the nicest people <laughs> in the world um I, I couldn't object that but it's it's really nice um most of the time that taiwanese they're very easy to approach um, and talk about things and they'd like to get to know about you as well, don't they? Right, exactly. Especially if you're a foreigner, they're, mm -hmm. they're always interested. Like, why did you come here? Why are you studying Mandarin here? Um, mm -hmm. What are you doing here? Yeah, yeah, they're very curious, very, very open, very welcoming. Nice. Um, let's talk about your uh, publication, Real Mandarin in Taiwan. So what inspired you to create this book? Yeah, so <laughs> I think I think um, it was it, it came from me just after you know I, I'm so passionate about learning Mandarin and uh, mm -hmm. you know after coming to Taiwan and, and realizing initially that there were, there were very few resources for learning Mandarin in Taiwan like most of the phrase mm -hmm. books are learning uh, Chinese like simplified Chinese or Chinese from China and so um, a lot of those things may not be appropriate like a lot, even the phrases are may not be appropriate in mm -hmm. in china and or sorry in taiwan and so um and there weren't a lot of resources that i could find that teach like taiwanese mandarin and and the, the reason i say that is because uh, i feel like the mandarin here is influenced a lot by taiwanese which is like mm -hmm. the minanhua which is like the like taiwanese hokkien yeah. and so um uh, there, there's like a lot of phrases in daily use that come from Minanhua and so I just wanted to include like a I was thinking about just creating a phrase book for people who are specifically coming to Taiwan to study Mandarin Chinese and things that could help them to like more something more colloquial that they can use and they can start using right away and they can start 
you know, speaking with the locals with and, and just simple things like saying like, um, like paise, which is like a very common phrase to say like, oh, sorry. <laughs> but like, if you say like, or uh, like that's, that's correct. But it's like a lot of people here in Taiwan, instead of saying they'll say like paise. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, yes. <"Sorry." laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I know. You feel like, a bit way. more less distance when you say something more localized, isn't it? A, a phrase that is more localized. I think there's a lot of in,、uh, important aspects that your work is very different to other language learning books.、Um, for example, that you put both pinyin and zhuyin, which is the、um, phonetic pronunciation in Taiwan, and you have put a lot of thoughts about having the language、uh, creation of a bit more contemporary. Of the phrases and the vocabs, you used that、uh, and you picked up a lot of、um, phrases and words that usually were used by the <laughs> younger generations. Did you、yeah. have any difficulties? How, how did you pick up those? Did you just,、uh, was it offered by your friends? Did, did you have any advice your, around your friends? Yeah, I definitely, I mean, a lot of them were just, they just came from speaking with friends and just come up in conversations. And then sometimes, you know, Browsing like、mm-hmm. forums like PTT、yes. or, or you know, those things. Like,、um, so, and then, and then obviously, I, I, t- I consulted them as well and asked them, you know, what are some things that you think are Taiwan specific phrases? And,、mm-hmm. and、uh, I went through all of those. And so, I think,、uh, yeah, definitely some of those are a little bit more contemporary or more new, but uh,、mm-hmm. I think uh, I tried to, to include ones that、uh, most people would. Try or have a have an idea of or, or have heard of in Taiwan. Like if you if you live in Taiwan, like you probably should know、mm-hmm. these words.、Uh, yeah. So try to I try to make it as colloquial and、uh, contemporary、mm. and practical as possible. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. What's your favorite phrase in Chinese Mandarin? What What's your favorite one? Do you think? <laughs> oh man, that's that's a good one. That's a hard question.、Uh, The one that you found really interesting that you couldn't wrap your head around with it when you first heard it of?、Uh, I mean, there, there's so many that, like, I, that I heard that I didn't understand initially. Like, even like, Paise or Buhui, like, when I first heard these, like, I, I had no idea. Because, like, I guess, like, the, the typical phrase books and, and training courses and, and resources, they don't they teach you. They wouldn't tell you, yeah. They don't teach you these phrases. And so,、mm-hmm. all these. Like phrases that come from Taiwanese, I, I didn't i didn't know.、Um, I can't think of one off the top. Or, or like,、uh, there's there's like an internet slang, like when I first heard it, like my friend told me, and I was like, I have no idea what this means. He, he was like,、uh, shi zai halo, and it's, it's just an inter- internet phrase、oh, yeah. that, that、uh-huh. just means like, what the heck, or like, what, what, <laughs> what's going on? I, that's not, I guess it's not really, it doesn't come from Taiwanese, like、uh, the Taiwanese. Language like Mianhua, but it, it did come from like Taiwanese forums.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot the language really evolved within you know the younger generations. They start building up、um, using sometimes they use、uh, English, sometimes they use Japanese, and most of the time they use Chinese, the dialect, to、uh, incorporate into their everyday conversations. And then some、right. fra- uh, phrases you know started and You know, in the forum, if one person uses as an interpretation of a specific term, and then, you know, will, there will be people following it to 
uses as well. Like you said, 是在 Hello, and also there was another one that I I couldn't understand for a very long time. Something like 傻眼傻眼猫咪 was it? Oh, 傻眼猫咪 Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, is it about the cat or is it just something that you don't understand? What? Why is it 傻眼猫咪 Yeah, me too. I was like, I heard a 傻眼 but I never heard a 傻眼猫咪 And then someone just told me, oh, it just means like. It's just cute. It just sounds cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of phrases that it had made through internet.、Um, I mean, English it, that has the same as well. That it just develops with the generational. You know, it, it just becomes really flu、uh, fluid. Yeah.、Um, yeah. And so I want to end our conversation with、uh, maybe a final question that I usually will ask if people who are in Taiwan is that what's your favorite food in Taiwan? <laughs> Oh man, this is this is pretty. Is that really hard to decide? <laughs> no, no, I already, I already know which one it is. I think、uh-huh. a lot of people, a lot of、uh, Westerners really love this, but、uh, it's for me, it's dumping. It's like、oh, I love. Okay. It's like it's like a very simple Taiwanese breakfast, but it's just like I've never had it before before coming to Taiwan, and it's just so simple. It's so good.、Mm. Uh, yeah, to the listeners who don't know, it's just like it's kind of like a Taiwanese pancake. It's like you have eggs and like.、Um, Just like a sort of like a crepe like、mm-hmm. paste pastry that wraps. It's like a sort of like a burrito even, and like you can put like bacon or or cheese or a lot of other 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 condiments、mm. like、uh, hash browns even. Like yeah, you know, there's so many、awesome. creative activity around dumpling. It's almost the texture is slightly different to the like an omelet or the pancakes that people have. Yeah,、in. yeah. That's why That, it's.、Uh, Do they have? Are you able to get it in in Australia?、Um, I think some Taiwanese restaurants might have them, but it's very rare because it's not Australia. We have a lot of dishes here. We have so many kinds of cuisines here, but Taiwanese hasn't been that popular compared to,、um, say, maybe in Canada in 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 the US. I think there's more. Uh, Taiwanese restaurants and cafes over in North America, isn't it? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So,、um, would you like to share with our listeners how we could get a copy of your book? I mean, I already got it, but、um, how could our <laughs> other listeners? And also, where can they access your work?、Um, do you want to tell us about your podcast as well? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, in terms of the the book. Maybe maybe I can give you the link, but if they if they follow me on Instagram, there's also the link there that they can access.、Uh, my Instagram handle is the Daniel Pang,、mm-hmm. so it's T H E D A N Y O P A N G, the Daniel Pang. And then、um, there's a link in the bio, and they can access the the, the book there. And then、um, uh, maybe I can give you a, like a. A coupon coder for the listeners if they wanna if they wanna use oh, that. Oh, fantastic! That. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, I can give you that after. And then,、um, in terms of the podcast, yeah, the podcast I do with a friend,、uh, Tom. He he's also a learner. He also learns Chinese, and he、mm-hmm. he was living in Taiwan for a long period、uh, as well. And we just hit it off, and he loves learning Chinese as well. And so we just decided to to start a podcast to start. Practicing our Chinese and、mm-hmm. and、uh, talk about Taiwan and, and a lot of random stuff in in Mandarin and so、uh, 
most recently though he he's been in an area where his wi-fi is not that great so we haven't updated in a long time but uh you guys can listen to the to the old episodes it's called chinese is hard so we're not and uh yeah you can you can find that in, in uh through my instagram as well or you can also search any most podcast platforms will have it uh spotify fantastic thank you so much for speaking with me today it has been a really delightful conversation and yeah get on it i'll have the links on our show notes and thank you so much dan great thank you so much helen it was a pleasure <laughs> <laughs>